as he was speaking, I remember hearing this 40 years ago, that the church would come to a place to overcome sickness, sin, and death. I don't believe that we totally grasp what the Holy Spirit was telling us then. And uh, the generation here, many of you, I wasn't even around 40 years ago, but I believe this is a word to you. And you older generation, I believe this is a word to you. For sickness, sin, and death will be done away with with grace. And uh, we heard this word as I was looking back in the really early 70s. The church heard it, but I don't believe they totally believed it. Believe it. For sickness, sin, and death is not God's will. And that you walk in the fullness of what God's called you to, that's His will. And I believe that He's given you that uh, invitation again. I don't know how many times you've heard this lately, recently, but I haven't heard it in nearly 40 years. But we really went for it in a big way then. And the Holy Spirit did fall. And a lot of things changed. I did see the dead raised. So I believe this is an invitation to you. That sickness is not God's will. We had to fight that in a big way then. That you're glorifying Him in enduring your sickness. And that sin was something that you couldn't overcome. And one of the words we heard was, The Lord thy God is holy, be thou holy. Why did He put that in Scripture if you couldn't be holy? So you don't have to dwell in sin. You can dwell in holiness. And as I said, we did see the dead raised. But it's like we drew back from it. Don't draw back from it. The dead do not glorify Christ. Your early death isn't going to glorify Him at all. You shouldn't seek David's blessings, to be honest with you, 70 years. You should seek Abraham's blessings. Or Moses' blessings. All these are just as important as David's. And every one of you ought to get a vision that I'm going to be around to see a hundred. I'm going to be around to see a hundred and ten. Because things are changing. We've come to the end of one disposition and the beginning of the next. So old things are passed away now. And there's a brand new birth that's taking place in the church. This brand new birth, you can check it out in First Peter uh, two two. It's a, a brand new thing that it's doing now. A pure, unadulterated, 
sincere milk of the Spirit is what he's calling you to now. But he's calling you, like I've never seen before, he's calling you to First uh, Peter, the whole second chapter. Living stones, priests, and kings. That you would come forth to begin to reign in his name. We're in one of the most dangerous times we've been in a long time. And you're in one of the most safe places you can be in the United States. Right where you are in here. But we are in a dangerous time of weather patterns and things like that. And if you don't like them, change them. I mean, you have authority. So we are in a time of a, a tremendous change. Bonnie's wrote a book about the spoken word. If you can put a bridle on your tongue and bring only that which is edifying and exalting and comfort out of your mouth, you can change everything. And it is a time that we begin to change things. For a couple of days, I really sought the Lord for a word for you. I didn't get any. I asked him today, why didn't you give me a word for me? You give me a word for others when I pray. He said, because you don't need any. The word of the Lord is, is here with you already. You actually don't need any new words. You just need confirmation on where you're already going. So, uh, what you're doing here, you already got your own revelation going. You need to work it out. You need to begin to interpret it. And you are. So, he sent me here to just sort of confirm to you that what you're doing, you're doing it. And I don't know what your revelation gifts are that's coming here, but whatever they are, they're right. And I don't think he's just talking about one of you. I think he's talking about all of you. When it comes, it comes to the whole church. We're at that end of the church in the wilderness. I believe we're getting ready for the church to come into its own. And one thing he's been speaking to me. If you can be involved in a religious church so much, it's where you start disliking the church. God loves the church. That which has been religious and that which has been going in the wrong direction, this is the year he's calling it back to go in the right direction or he'll remove the candlestick. And you don't have any... I don't see that you've got any worries whatsoever about your candlestick being released. Because uh, coming here today, I always look for the 341. And Bonnie saw it as we was coming off of the uh, highway. We saw 5, 341. That 5, it means you've got grace here. And I believe you've got a daughter named Grace, don't you? Well, you got it here too. But there's a grace here that I think is really important. And I think it's the time that you begin to ask 
Ask in faith. And in your asking, you need to first wait for Him to show you what to ask for. I think He wants you to begin to pray with Him, not to Him. And He, as I said, the revelation gifts are powerful here. You need to begin to hear what He's heart's own. For it is a very key time. And then you need to begin to pray with God on what He's dealing with. There's several major things right now. Uh, in our political system right now, I've told you before that the four years that we were going to go through in the last election, I told you word by word what was going to happen. One year after that, there'd be a shot that would wake up the United States. It had been mesmerized, hypnotized, spellbound. Two years after that, in the election, in the midterm election, they'd become a lame duck Congress into where they didn't do anything, where they couldn't agree on anything. They'll not agree on anything that the church doesn't pray in. So when the church begins to pray it in, then you'll get some answers. But we haven't got any so far, and I doubt if we get too much in this next year. But we can determine the future. For I believe this is a time of a new beginning, and we can begin to determine that by our faith. One thing that he's speaking real strong like, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So our, I believe our future is in front of us. And I believe that your candlestick here, because of where you are, and by the revelation gifts is already flowing, and by the signs and wonders moving among you, is going to be turned up brighter to where your light goes farther. And where many of you carry that light to different places. Uh, one thing that I feel is really important in the shepherd right this year, I'm sure all of you will understand this. I saw a banana on a saucer. Now, if you remember the teaching of the fruit and the spirit, the banana represented kindness. So everything that you need to come out of your mouth or to come out in kindness if it comes out in kindness, it'll come out in goodness. And it'll change everything around you. So I think we've got to change our conversation to kindness. So I don't believe you need a word. You've got it. I think you are the word. I think the word has become part of you. To where you carry the word every place that you go. You want to add on that? <laughs> well, I'll add on what he's talking about here, I think. I love to go places where I feel loved. And that's what I feel here today. <clears throat> I always feel like we're family when we come here. But this older white-haired gentleman that I hang out with, you know... <laughs> He's always taught me to pay attention to what um, the worship team, what they're singing, what they're focusing on. 
every song today I heard about love. And God is love. God is a person. Love is a person. So I was reminded of something. He's really been teaching me about love and how we have to love the unlovely. You know, we love the sinner. We don't love their sin, but we need to love them like he loves all people. But the other day he told me, love leads to marriage. Faith holds it together. And I was thinking about that when I was here today. His love, he is the head and we are the body. So we are really all one body. It's like we are all married to him. And when we talk unkind about our brother or sister, we're talking about ourselves and we're talking about him. So that's why we need to always treat everyone with loving kindness. And that's what I really feel here. You know, it's you are an extension we are. We are that extension of him, of his love. First um, Corinthians 13, I have the Amplified, and I'm not going to read all of it, but love, love is patient and kind. It is never envious or boils over with jealousy or boastful. It's not haughty. And see, these are, these are things that God is not. So, we, you know, if we're going to be Christ-like, we must be like, like our Lord. It is not rude. It's not prideful. Um, Love does not insist on its own way. Uh, That one might be a tough one. (laughs) But you know one thing, we always must prefer others first. Um, It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it and pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That's a tough one too. Because we can really go into, well, you did this and this and this. And, you know, well, we did the same thing. If we, if we don't forgive, if we have to forgive like God does, forgive it and forget it. Right? So that's a tough one. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything, and everything comes. Everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Even the worst person that we what we might consider the worst person on the face of the earth, there's still a little bit of good in that person somewhere, and we need to focus on that. And even on the very best person on the face of the earth, there's something still. You know, probably unredeemed in that person, but God doesn't. God looks at the future for that person. Golly, if He didn't, I mean, I sure wouldn't be sitting here today. <clears throat> it hopes and it, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. God never fails, and we're walking in His likeness. You know, if we are Christians, we carry that name, Christ. We are walking in the likeness of Christ. We must walk in love. We must love our brothers, even when they are not what we might think real lovable. Um, the Lord had me read First Thessalonians today. He didn't say what chapter, so I read it all. And I learned, I learned a lot. But, um, well, if he's not specific, I mean, I just... I remember the day he gave me Psalms 119. 
<laughs> okay. Anyhow, but First um, Thessalonians three twelve and thirteen, um, Paul is saying, "And may the Lord make you to increase and excel and overflow in love." for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may strengthen and confirm and establish your hearts faultlessly pure and unblameable in holiness in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus. It's something that I see here. Every time that I'm here, I see you walking in love, and I feel loved. And I love to be loved. I love I love the Lord, and he loves me. And Bob gets tired of me hearing the, always singing that song, but I love Jesus, and he loves me. And we walk hand in hand, and we do stuff together. And, and when, I'm not, when I'm not with the Lord, he's like, Bonnie, where are you? I miss you. Where have you been? You know, I mean, he just can't, he can't do things right without me. He needs me. That's how I love the Lord. And I think he feels that way about you, and you feel that way about him. Love. Love. Love is a person. So I don't know if I got where Bob was going, but I just feel that you are really exemplifying what God wants in his people, and that's a ministry of love. And Bob and I go many places, and sometimes we don't feel that, and it's a sad thing. But here we really feel the love of the Lord. So I thank you, and don't change. I hope I can make this clear and not confuse you. But God the Father can do nothing down here without you. Because he gave you all authority. I think it's a... 138th Psalm, he said, I honor my word above my name. The Father's given his word on certain things, and he'll honor it even above his name. So he's actually tied his hands until you begin to agree with him. For you can't do anything without him either. So, without nothing happens until we begin to hear, hear what the heart of the Father is saying. And then, in our free will, we can change things. So, He's made it to where He can do nothing without you. Uh, so many Christians think that they're going to escape everything that's going to come down shortly. How much have you escaped so far when things come down? You're not going to escape. You're going through it. It's not going to take you down. You're going through it, but you are going to go through some things. Recently, we were asked to pray for a man that we'd never met, Bonnie and I. And we, I prayed for him, and I gave a word, and they called back, and they wanted to say, the man wants 
more of the word, understanding. That night I had a dream. And this is the dream. If it's for him, then it's for you. And it was about him giving a large sum of money to build a church. A amount. And that people would be saved in that church 50 years from now. And that people would be saved in that church 100 years from now. So the things that you're doing have a long-range implication in them. A lot longer than you think. And people were being saved. No matter what's going to happen in the world, that church was still going. And still growing. After a hundred years. Some of you young ones ought to get a a vision for being around 150 years from now. Because life is going to be extended. For the Lord never meant for man to die. Death come because of sin. And I believe that there is a time like we already heard. It shall, in Isaiah 33 it says, You shall not say that I am sick. No sickness. The Lord thy God is holy, be thou holy. No sin. Moses would have never died if God had not took his life. Neither did any of his natural forces obey because he came into the presence of God. I believe I'm talking to a church that's called to come into the process of God. Into the very presence. If you do, and then every need that you have is going to be met. Moses' clothes didn't wear out. His natural forces did not obeyed. So I really see the door opening to this church. To where you can go into the very process of God. I, I, <clears throat> as a good Baptist 40 years ago, I taught it as rapture. I still teach it as rapture. You should get raptured five or six times a day. But the coming of the Lord, the Lord is coming. He's coming into his people. He's coming into your spirit man. That he would be that king that would reign in your, that spirit, that priestly spirit, that king priest. And The main thing he's doing now is to bring your mind into surrender to the kingdom that is already within you. The kingdom is in you already. And that that kingdom would reign over your mind. And that you would use your mind to speak what you hear from that kingdom. So this is what I believe the change is all about. That our mind would actually become a slave to the Spirit of God that's in us. Your spirit man is your conscience. If your conscience becomes your guide, then it'll guide you into all righteousness and all holiness. And as you walk into that, the door to the Father will be opened day and night to you.
So this is what I believe the change is. Now, at first in there, I noticed in that scripture I gave you, the sincere milk of the Spirit. Well, I believe that we had the salvation milk of the soul. But now, the Spirit man in you, growing up, to begin to do the greater works. So, I was recently uh, given a word about the Civil War. You know, <laughs> my family were Southerners. We wore the gray. Now, I won't be able to wear the gray anymore. I got to put on the blue. The gray means gray matter. My gray matter will no longer be able to reign. But the spirit man is blue. And the angel over the nation of America is called Union. And Union is speaking for grace to come forth again into the United States. And it's speaking for a group of people to become together in a more perfect union. To where you can determine what's going to happen in America. I mean, politics is not going to determine where it's going. Neither is anything else except the church. America was built on the church. And it'll survive by going back to the church. So I think the finest day of the church has not yet happened in America. But it's getting ready to take place. And the church is the one that will have the authority to speak. So, at Valley Forge, when George Washington is in his darkest hour, an angel come to him called Union. That is the angel over the United States. And he said, anything that you can become a union, the church is united together. Anything that you can unite together with Christ at the head of that army, you determine where this nation is going. I think it's been going in the wrong direction real quick like. And I think it's coming to a bitter end there and a new beginning with the church. And I believe that you're going to have the say because I believe you're going to have the wisdom that needs it. So, I believe this next election will be different than what we've just gone through. But I have no idea who's going to win. And to be honest with you, I don't see anybody I want to vote for. But the Lord's got these plans worked out. And uh, one thing I do know that the church is getting ready to come forth in the glory of God. Colossians 1.13 Translated or raptured from this present darkness of the soul into His marvelous light. So you children of light are getting ready to come forth. And in a time of darkness, even a candle would light would go so far out that darkness would not have any say.
Darkness is getting ready to free from light. I recently had a vision of a huge cannon like the world has never seen. And I believe it was for Lou Ingalls uh, in, in the 11-11 that he just did. And uh, I believe that cannon is being released out of the armory of God to take down principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions that the church by itself has not been able to take down. And as I believe that this word was for Lou Ingalls that Buddy and I had up in Detroit. And you know, they dredged a cannon up out of the Detroit River uh, a week ago Friday before Lou's. And that cannon was over 200 years old. We're over 200 years old. And it's time that we come back into that. I believe the word is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that cannon is big. By the way, there were many cannons there. I now believe that there were 66 there. If you want to know what a cannon is, then you've got 66 cannons right here in this little book. I don't know what this cannon represents. I do know that it represents a warfare that the enemy cannot overcome. It is a bigger gun than has ever been on the earth before. And one thing when I shared this with Lou, there were 44 churches coming together up there with him in the call. 44 uniting together. I think it's really important that we begin to unite with one. Like you need to unite with one another in here in intercession. Because your revelation will come to motivate and direct you in the direction the, the Father's going. So it's the time that the gray surrenders. For gray, they call, called us rebels. It's time that we quit rebelling against the Word of God and let the Word of God come into our conscience. That our conscience motivate and direct us into the path of righteousness. And in the path of righteousness, uh, there'll be all a, a liberty, a freedom from everything that would oppress you. But this huge cannon, what would it do? If the cannon was released to this church, what's your strong man in this town? You know it could blow it right off the hill? A strong principality, power, thrones, and dominions. Well, I do know that, that drinking and drugs is one of the strong things. It would take it right out. It would take out the spirit of rebellion. Because the gray matter up here, you don't want to destroy it. You want to commit it. 
Commit it to the guide, your conscience. And let your conscience motivate and direct the way that uh, that your mind would work. Uh, there's going to be such problems in the world right now. And who do you think is going to have the answer? For the answer is in you. and It will come into your mind. I believe there's coming new inventions and everything else in this season. That will take the wealth of the wicked and take it to the purpose of the church. Inventions. New breakthroughs in medicines and things like that. Here. That mind of Christ is in the church. Once this mind becomes a slave to the spirit man in you. So you see the, the civil war is going on in you. And you determine who's going to win the battle. What if you let your conscience win the battle? And already, I think what Bonnie was sharing with you is what will be in your conscience when you win the battle. There is no weapon the enemy's got against love. There is no weapon that I've ever seen that can even begin to match the size of this cannon of war. By the way, the armory of God is in Isaiah 50, 25. One thing that I was told recently is study the 50th Psalm. It's got an awesome message in it. But some of these other messages, I don't have time to get to them, but the shepherd rod will be out very shortly. And uh, they'll be made available to you. And if you wanted some, you could sign up ahead of time. But the shepherd rod this year, I was told to put in the 96 shepherd rod. In 1996, Lou Ingalls had a vision about a cannon. And that's when he started the call. And I think that all of us have got a call to answer. Every one of us. I think the call comes to an end where it can begin again. I think your call is, your past call is coming to an end. The past is past. And a new call is coming to where you can begin. And you will not be bound by the things that you were bound in the first calling. So I believe your call to a new liberty and a new freedom like you've never known before. And a new outreach. In the shepherd rod this year, I was told to use the second chapter of Revelation 1 through 7. The church at Ephesus was the pattern church. It's the church it was built on. But in there, the Lord said one word. He really commented it, uh, complimented it on so many things. Then he told them, you stand a chance of losing your candlestick. Because 
You've lost your first love. I think many of the churches got so busy working for God, they quit working with Him. Or started building their own churches. You don't build the church. The Holy Spirit builds the church. When you do your part, the Holy Spirit will build your church. And I believe that's where we are. It's to that place of surrender here. And let the Holy Spirit build the church that honors uh, God. So, we are in a time of change. I mean, all over. And I think we determine where it's going to be good or bad. And uh, and, and Shepherd Rod, it's, it's going to be the, the worst of times to those that don't know Christ. And the best of the time to those who do know Him. And I'll tell you, there's some really fine churches. If they don't get back their first love, they've brought the church under law and made it so hard to get saved and put their own traditions in it to where the Christ is not there anymore. The candlestick can be removed and they'll come down. And little churches that have let their candlestick remain and are known for their love, they'll explode. One thing about the Shepherd Yard this year is that you're going to take three steps forward and one step back. In the church in Ephesus, twice they were told to repent. I think there's a major gap in the church that we have not fulfilled by repenting. So I believe you're getting ready to begin to repent to such a place that you know your sins are finished, have come to an end, and to where sin is no longer an option, to where you overcome sickness, sin, and death. It's an old promise 40 years ago. We got part of it, but we didn't get the whole bag. But I think it's being offered to you. So, I believe where you are here, you're growing into that place to where one of you is not going to get all the revelation. It's going to be like a puzzle. And as you put it together, it'll give you a clear vision of what to do. And other people will buy into your vision. So, I don't see... Very little there that I can help you with because you already are there. You're already moving there. And I believe what I was saying today, your commitment is right. There may be some of you that need to make a stronger commitment, but most of you, you've already made the right commitment. And the next wave and everything else that's coming is a commitment of committing this to the Lord in obedience from our conscience, our spirit. Within you is your spirit, which is at conception come into you from the Father. And the Holy Spirit is in you. 
But there's something else that's in you too. It's called the wisdom of all the ages. I believe you're coming into time to where the book of wisdom of all the ages will be open to you. And one of the main things of this book of all the ages that you will understand is time. Time was made for man, not man for time. There was no time before man. And I think there's coming a greater understanding of time and of times. And for many years, uh, I've waited for 2012, for it would be a year of great change. And it would be the best of times for the church because I believe you're going to begin to see God's glory this year. I've believed that for uh, 35 years. And I think you're getting ready to see that. And when God's glory comes, the old man in you dies. You never want anything to do with him again. You'll always be wanting that glory, to be in the presence of his glory. So this is coming again. I don't know how many of you have ever seen it. I saw it in the early 70s. Then it was removed because men were marketing it. This time, let's not touch it and it'll remain. But I was told that it would come in 2012. And so see, in my calendar, which I agree with the Father in the heavens, uh, 2012 again with Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, the promises that, if a lot of you go back and look at the promises that come in 1996, because what goes around was offered to us, and if it isn't received, then it goes back down, and then there's a season that it comes back around again. We're at the season that it comes back around again. Well, in the shepherd rod, I saw a real old house. It was really ancient. The outside of it, it had dirt up against the walls. The roof was covered with dirt and leaves and moss. And an angel took me to it. And he said, open this scroll up. I did, and it said, this is a title to this property. And I told him, I don't really want this property. <laughs> he said, yes, you do. So he opened the door and I went inside. And there was trash all over the floor. I mean, papers and trash and garbage from the past. And I'm thinking... Man, I ought to set a fire to this. And he said, no. I didn't know it wouldn't burn. I saw a sofa in there. And it had been really worn. 
and dogs and cats and bums, drunks, had slept on the sofa. And I draw close to the sofa and I saw something moving among the spring. And I saw rattlesnakes in there. And I'm thinking, I don't want that sofa. I'm going to have to be in here and clean this up. That sofa goes first. And I didn't want to touch it, so I threw the rope around it, and I got body on one end, and I had the, we pulled it outside. And I noticed outside, it was a junkyard. Everything that's in there had been a junkyard for centuries. And it was a terrible-looking place. So I got all of that papers and stuff that was inside. I put them all out there and set it on fire. And as it began to burn, I noticed that the rattlesnakes were burning. And they had been protecting something. And I saw something begin to melt as the fire came. And what was melting was the idols of man. They were made out of pure gold. The fire melted this gold to where it was no longer an idol, but it was a pure substance of gold. This is exactly what happened at Jericho. When the Lord pushed the walls down, the idols were left. Israel was told, don't touch them until they go through the fire. Then when they go through the fire, they're yours. And I was looking at this, and I'm saying, man... No wonder those rattlesnakes were protecting uh, this golden idols. By the way, these golden idols is what rattles people's minds. I mean, their goals in, in life sometimes really rattles their mind where they uh, go after their goals instead of after Christ. So it was reduced down, and I'm looking at it and saying, well... I'll come back to that later when it cools off. So I went inside, and I'm looking the building over on the inside. And I'm thinking, boy, this is a mess. So I took a desk cloth, and I began to dress off the walls. And I really got an awesome shock. The desk come right off the wall. And there David was with his slingshot taking down Goliath. And I began to dust off the walls in. And there was the battles of Israel and the victories of Israel. They were all there on the wall in pictures. And the, the great events in history, these pictures were all there and they were just as beautiful as they was the day that they were painted there. Then I began to dress off the walls in another place there wasn't anything there, and I asked, why isn't there something here? And he said, because the church has not yet done it. There's going to be battles that will be won, that will be awesome. David and Goliath is one of them. So many, uh, uh, Samson and Goliath, uh, 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 Samson, and the gates were there that he tore off. There's all kind of pictures there, a past Victories and trophies of the church. There's also more room there. It's going to take place with the church than it has been before.
the cross was there. And I looked at the floors. And the floors was made out of thick cedar boards. And nothing had decayed in all those centuries. I saw that that cats had come in there. Cats represent licentiousness to me. And I'm thinking, why are you, if I'm cleaning out all these other, why are you letting cats come in here? And he began to explain to me about lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is having unclean thoughts, especially at night. Coming in and tormenting you at night. Sinful thoughts. Well, there's a fire in there that is going to burn those out. And in the place of these lasciviousness thoughts, there'll be righteous thoughts. Bonnie's book is mostly on this. So people that we've given up on that seem like they've never overcome their thought realm and they still think on sin and they still scheme at night are getting ready to to be totally cleansed toward their thoughts are holy. Their motivation and direction is towards holiness and righteousness and purity. And they'll be the keepers of this house. They're the ones that will keep it clean. Because they'll understand that realm of uncleanness. Works and thoughts of the mind. Totally set free. So there's coming an awesome deliverance. And I'll tell you, this lasciviousness is a lot stronger in the body of Christ than you understand it to be. They can hide it in their night season. But it's going to get to the place where they have to deal with it and the Holy Spirit will deal with it and burn that lasciviousness out of them. So, I watch these. Uh, mostly, it's like, uh, it surprised me, most of the people that was working in there to clean up were women that had lasciviousness thoughts you'd never think they did have. But they had been clean and they were scrub ladies. They were cleaning it up. I went outside and I'm thinking, this is really a dump out here. I wonder how many hundreds of years people have dumped here. And I'm going to get a bulldozer and push it over. And this angel said, no, you won't. And reached down and pick up that one little old bottle. I picked up a little old blue bottle and I said, it's just a little old blue vase. He said, yeah, you can build one of the biggest churches in the world on this little vase. It's worth that much. It's an antique that's only one like it. Everything in this dump is antique. Man has discarded this for centuries. Now I'm going to bring it back out again. So I think that we've discarded too much. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring uh, these antiques out and get ready for the real truth. I believe there's new books that's going to come out that will give you the real meaning of what we already got in the King James. I think we got it, but we don't understand it. But I think if you can get the understanding of it, you'll know what he's trying to show you.
this entire thing, these bottles and everything, these plates, everything on there, they were priceless. So the last thing in the vision is I went out in front and looked at it and I'm thinking, man, this sure is a, a dirty wall. And I just turned the holes on it, just wiped the walls down. And they were made of a stone like I'd never seen before. They were made of a white stone that doesn't deteriorate. And as I washed off the roof, it was made out of a, a stone that never deteriorates. So I just cleaned it all off, and I'm looking at it. This was such a beautiful place. I believe this is the temple that's getting ready to be cleansed, which is you and me. I believe this is the temple in Ephesians 2.21 that has been built on Ephesians 2.20, Apostles and Prophets. And the purpose of cleaning this temple up is your daddy's going to move in with you. In Ephesians 2.22, cohabitate with the Father and the Spirit. I think that you're getting ready to have a relationship with the Father on the level that you've never known before. And when Papa moves in, all of these other things move out. And there is no darkness, but there's light. So I don't think we've seen anything yet, but get ready to see the children of light. I have seen like fire coming off of church buildings back in the 70s. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't have the fire truck showing up here sometime. Now, I've seen that happen, too. It looks like a fire, but it is a godly fire, and you can see it. So, God is a consuming fire, and I believe He's calling His people to draw close to Him so He can consume that which is not of Him out of them, so they can begin to represent Him. In a new light. So I believe we're in a brand new time. I don't know how far it'll go this year. But I do know that in the world, it's going to be the worst of times. I do know this. Make sure you pray for Israel every day. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem and divine protection over Israel every day. I do that because it's at a dangerous time. The whole, the whole system over there is at a dangerous time. The nations are in a dangerous time. The only thing that's not in a dangerous time is the church. It's the best of time. It's what you've waited for. Because when the judgments of God in a land, men learn righteousness. Though the wicked prosper, yet will he never turn to righteousness. Well, the wicked is going to get a chance to turn to righteousness. It's Isaiah 26, 11 and 12. And the third chapter, the third verse of Isaiah 26 is, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind... Stay your mind on God and live in that perfect peace because you're not going to be taken down, you're going to go through...
I guess he's done. I love to hear him tell his story about the old house because I can just see him there. He did tell me I had to help him take that old sofa outside, but, you know, I thought that was a pretty neat story. I, I wanted to make sure he shared that with you, but um, anyhow, I want to say if you do want to order, pre-order the shepherd's rod, I think you have paper out in the foyer. Um, this we have your name and address and phone number probably. And prepay it, it's $10, and then that way you avoid shipping and handling charge. And it should be in probably another three weeks. We'll have it, and we'll send it out to you. Christmas present, how about that? <laughs> Anyhow, um, well, I'm going to share one thing shortly, just briefly, that I had. And it was uh, kind of goes along with what Bob had. It was about the circuit riders, because I saw the new circuit riders. Um, I was given stamps, like a whole handful of stamps, and some were from foreign nations also. But these were stamps that were never used before. They were held in reserve for such a time as this. And what the Lord had spoke to me was that there were past anointings. We know about the um, John G. Lake and Maria Woodworth Etter and um, Catherine Coleman, those anointings. But these were anointings of people that were never known. They had the same type of anointing. They went throughout the countries, like the back hills of uh, Tennessee and Kentucky and all through the, the West and all through the United States and through other nations. They, they uh, moved in the same anointings like, say, Catherine Coleman or John G. Lake, they had the same anointings. Wherever they went, they spread the gospel, and they did what we're supposed to do, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. They did all these things, but nobody knew them. They were like that, na- that faceless, nameless generation. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew them, but the anointing, they moved in the anointing. These past anointings, God is shining his light upon these past anointings, and he's anointing us. These stamps, the circuit writers that are coming forth now, it's the same. They're coming forth with that past anointing. They never died. They're still there. And it's like he's shining light on that again. We're picking up those old anointings and going forth in them. And some of the greatest ones are going to come from other nations. It's like there's a cross-pollination. He's sending us to other nations, and he's bringing ones from other nations here a lot of times you're not received in your own country and you go someplace else and it just, you know, explodes. So expect to see that happen and ask God for, you know, what, what is your inheritance? A lot of these people we never knew, what did your, your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, what did they do that you really don't know about? It's hidden. It's past. Ask for it. Ask for God to release it to you. Okay. United we stand. Divided we'll fall. There's a real calling that we unite now. And united, you don't speak anything until you get it. You will never unite here. Forty... Forty-five years I've seen the church saying we're going to come together in unity. It lasted about as long as two meetings. Then people begin to take over. 
But there really is a calling to come together in a union here in the conscious realm. And what's united there will stand. It will not fall. God, the Father, has waited 6,000 years for his children to grow up and come into unity with one another that he can unite with them. I don't believe the church has ever been on a level of maturity or need like they do now. And what you hear or what you see here will unite you with one another. It only takes two in agreement for him to come into your midst. There is a remnant that's coming forth now. I call them Zion. And they're coming forth to reign. So there is a remnant. And they are literally what I would call scouts or forward observers. They will go and tell you what the future will be. And they'll bring a unity and a union. They'll begin to carry it like an army. United together. United we stand. And divided we'll fall. So we'll never unite in the soul realm because it's rebellious. We will unite in the spirit realm and tell the soul where to go. We need the soul. You need to learn scripture so that you can be the spokesperson for the spirit in you. But you need to know the Bible, the written word, that when you speak it, it creates. So you're getting ready for the creative word of God and new body parts. So that's why it's so important that you speak nothing except what you hear here. Amen. Well, that was a download, wasn't it? All right. Got three, four minutes here. Here's what we're going to do. I had this little a day that I didn't really understand until he just explained it, where somehow or another the Holy Spirit got a hold of my mind, and I had a day where my mind was as clear and pure as it ever had been in my entire life. And it was the most awesome day. Of my life. I mean, I had the most pure thoughts. I could hear God. I mean, it was just like a, just, it was wonderful. I mean, it was like this is the way you're supposed to live, you know. And my mind, had, somehow or another, the Lord had gotten a hold of my mind, and I was been trying to figure out how to get back to that place. Like, what did I do to to get there, Lord? I mean, that's what I want. I want to live like that. And I felt like the Lord was saying, "That's this is what could be." And when He began to talk about that house and I realized he was talking about 
about the mind, about how God, our mind has all this stuff in it, but it's got, it's been trashed. It's full of trash. It's been dirty. And even said when he's talking about that couch, I said, that sounds like my couch, you know. And God really wants to do that for us. I think the Lord has brought a word for us today uh, where our minds can really become the truth, be our servants. Like what he was talking about. There, there is that, but I know, I lived that few hours where I felt like my mind was totally in submission to my spirit man. And, you know, that's the dream. That's where you want to, we all are supposed to be going. So what I want to do is I want us to just take this moment. Okay, and if you will stand up, if you'd like, you know, because I believe there's a... a power in this room right now for this I mean, i'm telling you it's a power in it i'm telling you what he shared can happen for us we can come into that place i really believe that with all my heart and, and bob's brother word i mean we want to grab hold of that word and pull it into our lives right now so will not you just put your hand on your head and just commit your head to the lord i was saying about you know i need to I need to go pray a long time or something. <laughs> you may need to do that, but I don't like some, uh, somebody said there's no method of this. There's, a, there's receiving it by faith and obeying the Lord. So, Lord, we, we hear you this morning. We hear that you are building a temple that the Father wants to really fully live in, not hid back in some room, but fully live in. And, Lord, we are asking you today to get a hold of our minds. We are submitting our minds. We're giving our minds to you right now. And we ask you to send those scrubbing scrubbing women into our mind. (laughs) Begin to scrub these minds and get the old stuff out, Lord. And help us to see the precious things that have been laid into these minds, Lord, that have come from generations, Lord. Uh, you know, precious things like, that look like just trash, but they're precious things that have been deposited in us through our ancestors who carried an anointing. Lord, we just want to receive all that this morning. Lord, we give you our minds this morning. And we ask you, Lord, so we want to make our minds our slaves. Thank you for our minds. And we pray that our minds will be really renewed. We pray that a complete renewal would come now in these days, in these hours, so that we might live in pure thoughts. Lord, I pray for those in this room that are suffering uh, in the night season with fantasies and, and things where the enemy brings us information, uh, worry, uh, uh, nasty thoughts, all whatever it is, Lord, I know how the enemy does. He's there trying to put those things in when we're laying in our beds. Lord, we just reject those things right now. We, we ask you to forgive us for allowing those things into our mind. We reject them. We reject them, Lord. We don't want that in our living room. Lord, we, we say out. We take it out. We take it out. We take it out there and we set fire to it, Lord. Lord, we just want to get rid of all that, Lord. We want to be free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Oh, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless you, Lord. One more thing, uh, what Bonnie shared about these stamps. When we had our leaders retreat, we got something similar uh, about old anointings, old mantles that God wanted to release 
to to us. And, uh, you know, Bill Davis saw, you know, what he saw was these mantles and these gifts laying in the ground. They were old people from the, from the past who had gone on and left their mantle here or left their stamp here like what she got and waiting for somebody to pick them up. Okay, and so let's do that right now. Let's let's lay hold of mantles. I mean, there was different mantles. I know a couple of people said they wanted a mantle of healing, anointing, a gift, a healing to heal people, and seer a mantles to be seer, whatever, whatever it is you want. Okay, whatever you feel in your heart, it's in your heart that you know God has put in your heart. Let's just grab hold of those this morning. Like, like Bonnie said, these were unknown people. They were never prominent or famous people. They walked in a powerful anointing. They carried a powerful anointing wherever they went. And, Lord, we just want to lay hold of those things that have been left behind, Lord, not to be forgotten, but left behind for us, that you've saved them for this very hour, this very moment, Lord, on, on this planet, there's these mantles, there's these stamps, these things, that these anointings that you want us to grab a hold to now. Lord, there's people in this room who have inheritance from their family that is tremendous. And, Lord, I pray that we'd tap into those things. We'd pull on those things. There's things that other people have left that we're supposed to have now, that we're supposed to get. Lord, we grab hold of them right now in Jesus' name. We pull those things into our lives, Lord. We bring them forward, Lord. We're not going to hold back, Lord. We're going to go all the way, Lord. We're going to get these things, Lord. We're not going to just come this morning, Lord, and hear, you know, uh, these awesome fathers and mothers in the Lord release things. So, Lord, we're going to lay hold of what they're releasing, Lord. Lord, we, we want to lay hold of what you have for us in this hour, Lord. Because, Lord, you said this we're to be the safe place. We're to be a, a blessed place, Lord. We're to be a place of life, Lord. There's there to be a flow of oil, Lord, that's flowing out of these places. Lord, we are choosing that, Lord. Lord, we, in spite of what might be said or what might you, even our, our carnal self may say, we are pulling on something, Lord. Lord, we're not going to hold back, Lord. We're going to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We're going to believe that the goodness of God can overcome all the evil in the world, Lord. Lord, we're going to believe what's being said to us, Lord. And we're going to lay hold of it today, Father. We just lay hold of it right now, Lord. Lord, I just pray for an increase on Bob and Bonnie. Uh, Matthew and Dean, why don't you come over here and Jenny. Y'all lay hands on, on Bob and Bonnie. Uh, Angel, come on over here. Lay hands on. We want to just release an anointing. Come on, Marla. We want to release an anointing on them today, an increase. Lord, we pray for that health on Bob, Lord. Just give him health in Jesus' name, Lord. Cure his body today in Jesus' name. Just heal him. We ask for divine health on both of them. We ask for new strength on both of them. Lord, just like Bob was proclaiming that uh, younger people can begin to look, look to live in, uh, in very old ages, Lord, we pray, Lord, I know you've assigned a number of days for them, Lord. I believe you want them to live those days fully, Lord. And so, God, we just release strength to them right now. We release health to them right now. Lord, we, we release financial breakthroughs and family breakthroughs. Lord, all those things that are important to us, we release them right now, Daddy. Yeah, Lord, let there just be an increase on them, Lord. Lord, thank you for the crown that you've placed on their head, uh, Lord, that the enemy has not been able to take from them. Lord, thank you, Lord. 
Oh, just bless them, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd open that river uh, even more that's flowing out of Bob, that prophetic river, that prophet mantle. I pray it would open up more, Lord, and there'd be even a greater flow and a greater impact on people, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd just remove the hindrances, Lord, and anything the enemy's trying to do in their lives right now. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless them. Thank you for these awesome encouragement and these words of life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, bless them, Lord. Mm, hallelujah. Let that mind of Christ flow in them in an increased measure. Woo, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do one more thing, okay? Let's do this thing because we've really been, Becky and I have been really, really, really praying for Israel a lot lately. Uh, and you know what we want to do as a church to pray for Israel, but I believe what Bob says, everybody in this room needs to take that personal uh, to pray for Israel, okay? And um, even, you know, you know, we support ministry in Israel. Everybody should be supporting ministry in Israel somehow, okay? If you can, you, you should do that. That would be a real blessing to your personal finances is to bless ministry in Israel, because it's something that's on God's heart. So let's just ask the Lord, because this thing really seems really, I don't see an answer in the natural. I don't see no answer in the natural. I see only God has an answer for all that's going on over there. So, Father, we want to believe and know today that you said to pray for the peace of Jerusalem Lord, and that our whole, our lives, our personal economies, the economies of the world are all tied up in that one little nation. And Lord, we just want to remember that the most important person who ever walked on this earth was born, was an Israeli, as the Lord Jesus came out of that place, Lord. And no wonder the devil hates the Jewish people. No wonder the devil hates Israel. No wonder the devil hates Jerusalem. Father, but today we declare your love over that place. We declare the love of God towards Jerusalem. Yeah. Lord, we know the great, the last and greatest revival ever will come from that place, Lord. And we ask you to release that. Yes, release that now, Lord. Release your love into that place, Lord. Deliver them from evil, Lord. Deliver them. Lord, hey, Lord, do something about those... Uh, Nuclear weapons over there that are being formed to destroy Israel. Do something, Lord. We ask you to do something. Destroy those weapons, Lord. Destroy them, Lord. Yes, no weapon formed against them. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you. Well, amen. We just appreciate it. We take up an offering for Bob, right? Oh, good. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, amen. If you still want to give now, somebody needs to go out there. There's a piece of paper out there and take money because that's one part I didn't do. If you want to get the shepherd's rod, you should sign that piece of paper up. Sign, up, sign your name and email on that piece of paper and $10, okay? And then you'll get it whenever it comes out, it's, okay? So you should do that. If somebody would go and make sure that there's somebody out there with that piece of paper. It's out there somewhere in the lobby. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen? The Lord let His face, oh Lord, that's what we're looking, the glory of God in the face of Christ. 
Lord, thank you for that. Lord, because you told us that's our portion, Lord. That's our future, Lord. The glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus. Let, let it come, Lord. We want to see the manifest glory come. We're saying, come with that manifest cloud of your presence, Lord. <laughs> and everywhere we go, it would go with us, Lord. <laughs> That we would bring that, Lord, and we pray for that, and we pray that upon every person in this room, Lord. Lord, we want to start seeing it with our with the natural eyeballs. We, it gets so strong it would just break through this this world, Lord. Just all that's hiding it, it would break through, Lord. And we'd see it, Lord, and that we'd go into that cloud, Lord, and get stuff out of that cloud, Lord, and bring it into this world, Lord. And we pray that for every person. Let's see, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord let his face shine upon you, and the Lord, what's the rest, the Lord give you peace, the Lord give you peace, the government of his peace rests upon every person in this room, both right now, what does the Bible say, right now, you know what, when the Jews did that back in the day, they really believed that, they believed when you said that it actually happened both now and forevermore. Lord, we're asking today it began, and it would just keep going and going in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.